Welcome back everyone to Torah Today Ministries in our continuing series called Sage Advice, where we provide some brief uh, introductions to the great Torah geniuses, the sages of Judaism, and some of their works. Uh, we've looked at Rashi already, and this time we want to look at the Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon. Now this name requires some explanation. This gentleman's real name is Rabbi Eliyahu or Elijah ben Solomon or Shlomo Zalman. But the Vilna Gon, this title comes from this. The word Gon means genius, sometimes sage, but generally a genius. And this man certainly was a genius. And he lived in Vilna, which is in modern day Lithuania. And he goes by the nickname, the Gra or Hagra, the Gra. Where does Gra come from? Well, the G comes from Gon, R from Rabbi, and the A for Eliyahu. And I know this is an A, that's an E. It's too complicated to get into right now, but um, a Hebrew letter that begins the, the word Eliyahu is an Aleph, is often translated as an A. So anyways, the Gra, the Gon uh, Rabbi, Eliyahu of Vilna. Now, the reason I'm introducing him uh, so early in this series is just to give you an example of how great these geniuses were. And of all of them that we will look at in this series, by far, the Vilna Gon was the greatest of them all. He was incredibly intelligent. If you want to get an idea of how wise Solomon was, I think you can look at this man and begin to get a little bit of appreciation for just how intelligent a human being can be. A few biographical facts. Uh, the Gon lived from 1720 to 1797, and he was born and lived most all of his life and is buried in Vilnius, which is in Lithuania. And his works are comprised of commentaries on the entire Tanakh, Tanakh, of course, means the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, or uh, the Hebrew scriptures. And he also provided annotations to almost every ancient rabbinic text, Jewish text that there is. And you will even find his remarks in modern printings of the Talmud, where he annotated and added his comments in. He was uh, incredibly brilliant, and uh, his influence is felt everywhere in Judaism. Here are some uh, facts about his life and accomplishments. He had the entire Tanakh memorized by age four. When I was four years old, I was learning the words to this little light of mine. When the Vilna Gon was four, he had the entire Hebrew scriptures memorized in Hebrew. Let that sink in for just a moment. Most children can't even read by age four, but he's accomplished. He's an accomplished scholar by age four. By age 10, he no longer had teachers. None could be found who could teach him. When I was age 10, I didn't think I needed teachers, but that just showed how ignorant I was. But by the time the Vilna Gon was 10, there were no teachers who knew more than he did. So he was just self-taught from age 10 on. By age 11, he had memorized the entire Babylonian Talmud. 
Now, if you think memorizing the Bible is an accomplishment, memorize the Talmud is a monumental accomplishment. To give you an idea how big the, the Babylonian Talmud is, it is comprised of 2,711 double-sided pages, large pages in small print. And uh, a page of Talmud, one side is page A and the other side is page B. So you have page 27A, page 27B. And people who study Talmud study one double-sided page per day, seven days a week. And if you stay in this schedule, it'll take you about seven and a half years to get all the way through the Talmud, just to read it and study it. He memorized it. The Babylonian Talmud contains almost, just a little shy of two million words. Two million words. This is twice as many words as William Shakespeare wrote. And by age 11, the Vilna Gaon had it all memorized. Not only that, but there's another Talmud. This is the Babylonian Talmud, uh, but there's also the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud. He memorized that as well. I'm not sure how old he was when he memorized it, but he also memorized it and commented upon it heavily. And what's unusual about this Jewish rabbi is he did encourage study of the sciences. When he was eight years old, he developed a... Uh, a deep interest in astronomy and studied astronomy. And I have a little anecdote to read to you later on about that. And, um, but he, well, let me just read it to you now. It says here that when the Vilna Gaon was passing through Berlin, the center of academic enlightenment, the Gaon was a Shabbat guest at the home of the Jewish community's wealthiest and most respected communal leader, Rabbi Yaakov Zvi of Berlin. A Gentile neighbor who was a leading professor and head of Berlin's three universities inquired about all the commotion that the Jews were making in their preparations to welcome the Gaon. Rabbi Yaakov Zvi replied that a great genius was to be hosted in his house, who was a master of all the sciences as well as being a holy man and great Torah sage. The Gon arrived on Friday afternoon to a palatial estate that was teeming with all the Torah scholars of Berlin. All of these men had been invited to the Shabbat meal so that they could hear the Gon's Torah insights and exchange dialogue with him. Upon witnessing the jubilation of the crowd and great honor that they were awarding this Jew, the professor, the neighbor of Rabbi Zvi, approached Rabbi Yaakov and expressed his desire to converse with the Gon about scientific matters. There was a particularly difficult problem in astronomy, he added, which, he had, which had baffled the scientists of all three universities for three years. So far, no one had been able to provide a satisfactory explanation. It was not until late Shabbat afternoon during the third meal that Rabbi Yaakov Zvi approached the Gon and conveyed the professor's request to speak to him. So the Gon agreed to speak with him. The professor arrived just as the Shabbat ended and the Havdalah ceremonies performed. With the aid of an interpreter, he presented his question to the sage. In response, the Gon proceeded to draw a number of diagrams and notations related to the question. Along with these, he presented a lengthy explanation. 
The professor was overjoyed with what he heard, expressed his profound thanks, and took his leave. As Rabbi Yaakov's V escorted him down the stairs into the door, the professor, his face radiant with awe, exclaimed, Do not think that this guest of yours is of the human species. He is an angel of God who is at home in the farthest reaches of the heavens. With just a few words, he has opened my eyes and given me the solution to a problem which I was convinced could not be solved. And that very night, this professor, it goes on to explain, awakened his colleagues from the, from the, the three universities to lay out the solution to them. And they wanted to go back in the morning and thank Thagon for his assistance in this sticky astronomical problem, but he'd already left. And one of the things that matches Thagon's intelligence was his great humility. He lived a very simple life, and uh, he, he never wanted to take much credit for anything that he accomplished. He was just a very humble man. And of course, the scriptures tell us that humility is the beginning of wisdom. So, um, no wonder he was so wise with such great humility. But let's continue with some of the other things about the Vilna Gon. He encouraged study of the sciences, as I, as I just mentioned. He encouraged Torah study over Talmud study. Now, this might sound common sense, but you have to understand, for most Orthodox Jews, when they say they're at the yeshiva studying, studying Torah, they're actually studying the Talmud. They just use Torah to refer to all this body of work, not just the scriptures. But the Vilna Gon highly, highly recommended and inspired his students spend time in the Torah. That is most important of all. He wrote commentaries on the entire Tanakh. He annotated almost all ancient Jewish texts, including the Talmud. And he was fascinated by the story of Joseph, especially there in Genesis 45.3, where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Now, you, you know the story. Uh, Jacob had 12 sons, and he loved Joseph, his wife Rachel's son, most of all, and gave him the coat of many colors, and the brothers were jealous, so they, they sold him into slavery, and Joseph arrived in Egypt, and Jacob thought he had been killed by wild animals, and years pass, 20-some years pass. A famine comes to Egypt. The brothers go down to Egypt to get food, and you know the story. And it was during the seven years of horrible famine when Joseph, who is providing food to all of Egypt and to the surrounding countries, he was the savior of the known world at that time. His brothers come to him. They see Joseph, but he's speaking Egyptian. They haven't seen him in a couple of decades, and he looks Egyptian. So it never even occurs to them that this could be their lost brother, Joseph, who they assumed was dead. And after some tests that Joseph performs to make sure that his brother's hearts have changed and repented, he puts everyone else out of the house. He calls his brothers around and he says, Ani Yosef, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? The Vilna Gon was fascinated by the story of Joseph, and especially this passage where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Now, one of the reasons he was so fascinated is because, and you may be aware of this, 
In Judaism, there's a tradition that there will be two messiahs, not just one. And the reason for this is they look at the prophecies about the messiah and they see one set of prophecies that describe a prophet, a messiah coming who will ride in on a horse, he'll be a military victor, he will come in as king, he will drive out the enemies of Israel, he will bring peace on earth and rule on his throne from Jerusalem, and uh, he's a conquering king. They refer to him as Mashiach ben David, Messiah, son of David, who was a king. But they also see another set of prophecies that describe a Messiah coming who rides humbly on a donkey, who isn't revered by his people, and who suffers, and who is rejected, and who dies. And uh, they base this on Isaiah 53 and many other places. So they call this Messiah Mashiach ben Yosef because Joseph also was rejected by his brothers and unrecognized by them. And so the Vilna Gaon was fascinated and he, he, he taught that the Messiah son of Joseph must come first, then later Messiah son of David. Now we know that Messiah son of Joseph, Messiah son of David are the same Messiah. It's Yeshua HaMashiach who came once to suffer and die, but he returns and he comes back on the horse and is a military conqueror to establish peace on earth. So it's one Messiah coming at two different times. Now, the Vilna Gon did not write anything concerning his insights and his, his fascination with Joseph, but he did teach his students this is one of the things about the Vilna Gaon, though he wrote commentaries and annotations. He did not write many just independent books just on his thoughts and studies and, and other things, but he liked to teach his students rather than write things down. And his teachings that he did on Joseph, he, he spent a lot of time teaching these things to his students, but he told them, I do not want you to print any of this or publish any of these teachings until after my death. So after the Vilna Gon died, his grand nephew, whose name is Rabbi, um, Rabbi Shaklover, Shaklover, uh, Rabbi Hillel Shaklover, uh, he wrote a book called Kol Hator, which means voice of the turtle dove, and it's based on Song of Solomon 2.12, which says the voice of the turtle dove has been heard in the land. And so I just want to share one excerpt from this book. And this, of course, is teaching directly from the Vildago. He writes, and he quotes Genesis 42.8, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him, unquote. This is one of the traits of Yosef, not only in his own generation thousands of years ago, but in every generation. In other words, that Mashiach ben Yosef recognizes his brothers, but they do not recognize him. Now stop there for a moment. He's saying this phenomena of Joseph's brothers not recognizing him is a phenomena that has continued throughout Jewish history. That somehow the children of Israel have not recognized 
Mashiach ben Yosef. Hmm. It almost makes you think that maybe the Vonagon was a believer in Yeshua of Nazareth. But let's continue. He says this, this failure to recognize um, Mashiach ben Yosef says, This is the work of Satan who hides the characteristics of Mashiach ben Yosef so that the footsteps of the Mashiach are not recognized and are even belittled. Why? Because of our many sins. Otherwise, our troubles would already have ended. Were Israel to recognize Yosef, then we would already have been redeemed with a complete redemption. What an amazing, amazing insight. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I want to rush out and order this book right now. And, uh, and it is available on various publishing sites on the internet. Um, but I'm not recommending you do that. Uh, it's a short book, only about 160 pages. And it's difficult reading because the Vilnagon wrote in a very mystical style. But um, only if you have the time on your hands to do so and you're, you're really one who likes to dig in, okay. But I'm sharing this, and I'm sharing this brief introduction to the Vilna Gone. First of all, just to give you a little idea of how brilliant these men were. And of course, the Vilna Gone is right there at the apex of these, these men. But to also share that some of these men, as we'll see in this series, had a deep, deep fascination with Messianic prophecy. And there are hints among some of them that they recognized who Yeshua was and may very well have shared their insights and beliefs with their students. But in Judaism, when an Orthodox Jew comes to faith in Yeshua and recognition of Yeshua's Messiah, it's a general practice to keep it on the down low, to be very discreet about it. And there are reasons for this that I don't want to get into now. But just trust me when I say that there are many, many Orthodox Jews today who live in Israel, who live right in Jerusalem, and I have met some, who live a completely Orthodox lifestyle, but they are profound and deep believers in Yeshua, the Messiah, and they love Him. And, um, and they are waiting for the pro appropriate time to reveal this to the world. So, be praying for our Jewish brothers and sisters as, they, uh, as the awareness and the, the knowledge of Yeshua's Messiah spreads among them in a, very, in a very hidden way, in a very spiritual way. And God is on the move. So anyways, I hope you've enjoyed this brief introduction to the Vilna Gon, And I look forward to meeting with you next time. Until then, Shalom and God bless. That's all I have to say.